Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today I'd like to introduce you to the work of another YouTuber by the name of BabyZone. On the screen in front of you is a screenshot modified of a cinematic from the game Mortal Kombat, I believe it's 11 at this point in time, that depicts Keanu Reeves as the character of Sub-Zero in that game. Now, if you aren't familiar with Mortal Kombat, Keanu Reeves has never appeared as Sub-Zero, and BabyZone is a YouTuber that uses technology, in particular deepfake technology, to put actors into various spaces that they haven't otherwise been in, in the video game space, and to do other transformative things, transformations in general, in the video game space, on cinematics and other things. I saw Mortal Kombat 11, I saw The Last of Us Part 2 on this YouTuber's channel. But it is through this work that a controversy has developed, one that was raised to me by a number of people across the internet, and which apparently caused a bit of a stir on Reddit, on games in general. Uh, and that was as follows. Here's BabyZone on a tweet saying, Uploading my deepfake videos to your Facebook page without authorization after trying to cut my watermark and using yours in places called stealing. I spend over three weeks making each deepfake and you just used it to make money. Shame. And in this particular tweet, they're calling out IGN and IGN Brazil. Now, before we get into the substance here, I do want to thank Jason Stewart at DangerUXO for saying love your videos. Would love to see your thoughts on this one. And Michael at LegacyKillaHD who said that the YouTuber allegations made against IGN are currently blowing up on Reddit. Apparently, IGN stole the YouTuber's deepfake gaming content without giving credit and cut out his watermark. His community is pissed. And indeed, that's exactly the claim that BabyZone makes. It's a shame to see IGN stealing my deepfake videos and trying to cut my watermark and then uploading to their Facebook pages and getting millions of views, so making a bunch of dollars without even taking my authorization. I spent three weeks on average to make each deepfake, and they just didn't bother and re-uploaded my videos without permission. Now, here's an interesting part. I filled a DMCA takedown, and Facebook protected them. If they stole a 500-sums channel content, I wonder how many smaller creators were stolen by IGN, and none even noticed. Now, he says 500 subs. Babies don't actually has 500,000 subscribers, so he has a platform with which to make this claim, and that's what I think he's saying, is that if they hit me, and I have a really substantial subscriber base, who else are they hitting? And he would back this up again with another screenshot. Many asked which videos IGN stole from me. Well, they stole three deepfake videos for Mortal Kombat 11, and they made one compilation video and re-uploaded my celebrity's Mortal Kombat video featuring Keanu Reeves after adding their watermark. Here is a more detailed screenshot with my watermark partially showing on the left side. You can see the word zone right here. This is what we might call a kind of airtight case. And in fact, you can see on the original version of the Baby Zone video, that's where the watermark appears. It's in the exact same place. This is not the kind of thing that you are going to win if you are IGN or in particular IGN Brazil, which is why they come out shortly after this and say, hello, baby zone from the IGN Brazil team. We are deeply sorry for this. We understand our mistake and we deleted the video. This is not going to happen anymore. And we are committed to mentioning individual creators when we share videos in the future. Now, there's a couple of things going on here. One I want to say, you know, I've interacted with a number of folks from IGN. I've given quotes to IGN. I've talked to a number of people there. IGN proper, the main line mothership entity, 
it would surprise me if they did something like this. It's not impossible. I know a number of you are going to come to the comments to this video and tell me how bad IGN is. That's fine. But IGN Brazil is in fact a different animal. And when I saw this, when I saw that this was their response, especially this is not going to happen anymore, and we're committed to mentioning individual creators, I said, um, that's not the kind of comment that I would imagine to be legally vetted, right? I look at this as a lawyer and say, no, your problem was putting the watermark on, but it was also sharing somebody else's videos without doing anything and taking monetary value from them taking someone else's content, putting it on your channel and running ads on it is not going to be acceptable no matter whether you say, oh, by the way, this came from someone else. If IGN Brazil were to take this episode of virtual legality, I don't think they'd take this episode specifically, but what have you. They take this video and they put it on their channel and they collect ad money for running it. They would have a problem with me. And so the fact that they have a problem with Baby Zone is no surprise, but we are committing to mentioning individual creators doesn't solve their issue. So I looked at this and said, that is not the kind of thing that I would expect from well-represented, multinational, hugely valuable companies. And so I said, you know, I bet this is a franchising situation. I bet IGN Brazil isn't actually IGN. And as it turns out, that is in fact the case. If you go and you look at the IGN subsidiaries and spinoffs, Wikipedia entry, you get this information. Since 2006, IGN Entertainment began launching regional versions of the website for various countries and pan regions. Initially, IGN began opening new offices outside the United States in order to support those regional websites. They were running them themselves. They were opening those subsidiaries and they were doing that themselves. But later... IGN began franchising its brand as a more cost-effective means of globalization, wherein it licensed various media publishers in many countries to use the IGN brand and manage regional websites on their own, which means for all practical purposes, IGN Brazil doesn't have to be IGN. It could be a completely different entity that essentially like a Dunkin' Donuts or any other franchise that you can imagine, IGN licensed out its name and trademark rights to use. Now, there are a couple of issues with that, as you can probably identify just by the nature of this video. But one, if you are a franchisor, if you've got the intellectual property and you are putting it out there in the world, yes, you have all these contractual obligations. IGN Brazil undoubtedly agreed that they wouldn't steal other people's intellectual property, that they would abide by the laws of Brazil and probably the United States at the same time. And this is clearly a breach of that kind of relationship. But as we've talked about on virtual legality in the past, the words on the page can only get you so far. IGN proper has to have a trust relationship with an entity that it licenses out its name to because of things like this. This reflects poorly on IGN as IGN, regardless of the situation. So even when we go to IGN World, which I highly recommend checking out because you can see all of these various places that IGN runs a website that isn't actually run by them, and you look up IGN Brazil, you see that it was launched in February 2015. It's in Portuguese. It has 19 million audience reach. But most importantly for this conversation, it is operated by a company called Webedia Brazil, very similar to other places. You look at Webedia Spain. You look at, in France, it's operated by a company called Erwin Lafleurail. You know, my French is always great here in virtual legality. I appreciate anybody helping me with that pronunciation in the comments, as I'm sure 
you will. But you can go down this list and see that for the most part, everywhere that IGN has its name appear is run by a different entity. And all IGN is actually doing is franchising out its goodwill. And when you franchise out your goodwill, yes, it's cost effective. Yes, you can make certain amounts of profit on doing that, but you run the risk of a story like this one. And I would expect, I would hope for IGN proper to make a similar kind of statement, a similar kind of apology. If you go and you look at Webedia, you see that they are in the business of running websites for other people, right? You see, you come up to IGN and Webedia just runs IGN Brazil for them, but they run a hundred other different websites for different entities and different intellectual property. This is what they do and they're not necessarily beholden to doing it the right way. And so certainly if you're at IGN, you look at this company and you say, I think we have to re-examine whether this is the kind of thing that we can have a relationship with. And if it is, what contract rights, what damages, what things we have to do to make this a better relationship? Because this kind of thing is unacceptable. This is exactly the kind of thing that jeopardizes that goodwill for now and into the future if you're IGN. You can't have these stories going out there because regardless of an apology, it's not anything that you can satisfy with an apology. You cropped out their watermark and put your own on it. In no world is taking someone else's material and putting your own name on it and then sending it back out to the world, selling advertising on it and making money an acceptable legal practice, right? It might be looked aside. The government might turn its cheek and not look at what you're doing with that particular stuff, depending on what jurisdiction you're in, but it's never right. It's never ethical. And IGN knows that. IGN Brazil even knows that. Now I will say, in terms of the practice of these websites, one of the things that you will see on their channels, GameSpot, IGN, whoever it is that you are watching, is that they very often simulstream other marketing events from Sony or Microsoft. They very often put trailers from someone else up on their channel, which is clearly not their intellectual property, but they run commercials on them and they make money that way. And so I do think you can get into the mind space if you're operating IGN or an IGN subsidiary that says, oh, this is totally fine. Game companies don't care. And then not think about YouTube content creators either. But either way, you can't just put your watermark on something that you don't own that doesn't belong to you while simultaneously actually making the effort to crop out the watermark of the person that actually created it. Now, I said we would get back to it, but the other part of this story that is a little bit hard for BabyZone and other content creators in this space, specifically kind of deep fakes and changing other people's content, is this notion. I am still pissed off that Facebook didn't strike them when I filed a DMCA takedown notice and they just made a bunch of views and money and still got away with it. Now, there are a number of videos here in virtual legality that talk about the DMCA process, so I didn't want to go over it in detail again in this video. But suffice it to say, when you feel that your copyright has been infringed, as BabyZone did, you file a notice with one of these platforms, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, wherever it might be. You tell them that you think the copyright is being infringed. And then if they take it down, if Facebook takes it down, they are no longer liable for what would be contributory infringement. That if they don't do it, as they didn't here, and you are otherwise right that the material was infringing and you bring a lawsuit against the party that's infringing, you can also bring a lawsuit against Facebook or YouTube or wherever it's appropriate, and they would be liable for helping the infringer infringe by broadcasting it. 
right? And the DMCA provides a safe harbor that says you don't need to know everything that's on your platform, Facebook, but when somebody tells you it's infringing, if you take it down immediately, you're fine. And if you don't, you are potentially liable. But here's the issue, right? This is a very, very, very gray area of the law. This is a deep fake video made using actors' likenesses that you don't have the rights to on video game content that you don't have the rights to. So what you find yourself doing if you are baby zone, and this isn't to disparage him, this is happening all over YouTube and it's a very gray area. It's not necessarily illegal, but if you are Facebook or your Facebook counsel and you get this DMCA notice and you have somebody making a claim on the intellectual property contained in Mortal Kombat 11 or Keanu Reeves's face, you look at that and you say, I don't know that this is the kind of thing that we should take down. Because again, NetherRealm, WB Games, who's been in the news lately, as you know, if you've been in virtual legality, owns the rights to Mortal Kombat 11. And within those rights, they have the exclusive right here in number two of the exclusive rights afforded to copyright holders to prepare derivative works based on the copyrighted work. So if you own Mortal Kombat 11 and you want to make a fun video about Mortal Kombat 11, then technically, unless you get into an exception, which we're going to talk about, NetherRealm has to sign off on that. And if you make a derivative work that NetherRealm hasn't signed off on, you really don't have the full panoply of copyright protections because they have the exclusive, the only right to make derivative works based on their copyrighted work. So in the first instance, you're making deepfake videos, you're doing things with Mortal Kombat 11 cinematics. In the first instance, if you don't find yourself in an accepted category, then it's NetherRealm that holds the copyright to your work and you don't really have the capability to file something like a DMCA takedown notice in this particular context. Now, as some of you are probably already preparing for the comments to this video, you can find yourself in fair use. We've talked about fair use a lot in the past. If you are doing something that is transformative, if you don't take all of the content of the video game, if you are doing something that won't affect the market of the video game, then you're probably getting pretty close to having some kind of transformative effect on the material, and you probably could argue that it is fair use. But like we have talked about in this space, that's essentially acting as a kind of affirmative defense. It's not actually an affirmative defense, lawyers that are listening to this, but it acts like one. So you have to find yourself in court, getting all the way to the end, and then asserting fair use after you've already paid lawyers way too much money to help defend yourself. So it might be fair use. It might not be. But even if it's fair use, it's still a derivative work, which puts you then into figuring out what the copyright office thinks are things that can be protected as derivative works. And we find ourselves now looking at what happens to a derivative work. The copyright in a derivative work covers only the additions, changes, or other new material appearing for the first time in the work. Protection does not extend to any pre-existing material that is previously published or previously registered works or works in the public domain or owned by a third party, right? So when you look at something like this, when you look at a screenshot like this or you watch this whole video, you see that these are cinematics. These are camera moves. These are things created by NetherRealm as part of their Mortal Kombat 11 project. They have the full copyright in the original version of this. This is then a derivative work of that that might or might not fall under fair use. We don't actually have to adjudicate that for this purpose in virtual legality. But even if it does, what 
Babyzone actually has the rights to in this video are the changes that they made, not the overall composition, which remains held by NetherRealm and Mortal Kombat. So what you've got here is you've got this complete muddy mess of intellectual property. You've got a YouTuber that maybe doesn't have the ability to tell or explain to Facebook all the stuff we just talked about here on this video. And Facebook looks at it and says, well, you don't own Keanu Reeves and you don't own Mortal Kombat. And yeah, that's nice that you did this, but we don't know whether it's transformative or not. And because we're Facebook and because IGN has that money over there and WB Games has that money over there and you're just baby zone, we're going to take our chances that you are not going to sue the IGN media group for this infringement. And I do say infringement here. We should really say alleged because it hasn't actually been adjudicated, but it is undoubtedly a kind of infringement, right? IGN, regardless of how this all comes out, fair use, not fair use, derivative work, transformative derivative work, all these kinds of things. The one thing we can be sure of is that IGN never had the rights to use this particular video in the way that they did. They are infringing someone. They're either infringing NetherRealm, who maybe doesn't care. They are either infringing BabyZone, who clearly does care, or they're infringing both because it's a transformative derivative work where both NetherRealm and BabyZone have kind of co-terminus rights in the uh, derivative work that was created. So you've got a situation where regardless of what Facebook did, regardless of what BabyZone says, regardless of whether or not NetherRealm would ever bring a claim against a company that otherwise does marketing on its behalf, and I will answer that question, they would not. You still find yourself in a situation where IGN did wrong, and IGN's apology is not a very good one. We've got a statement from one of their subsidiaries, which they don't actually control. We have no notice of any indication that they will change their franchise relationship with the company that actually does control it. And the second half of this quote unquote apology basically says, we'll make sure to put slash your name when we otherwise make money off of your videos. This is no way to run a railroad. And IGN Brazil knows that, and IGN Mothership knows that. And I would very much hope that their lawyers, IGN Brazils or IGN Propers, maybe even Baby Zones, are having these conversations and saying, this can't be the way this operates. Because NetherRealm likes the fact that people are making fun videos out of their product, but they don't like the fact that IGN is just stealing things. I can pretty much guarantee you that, even if they won't take action against so useful a marketing arm. Now, the very last thing I would comment on, and you heard me reference it earlier in the video, they're also using likenesses of actors, right? And that's its own problem, right? If Keanu Reeves wanted to claim an issue with this particular video, probably could. Now, I will say, deep fake technology, the very concept, is not one that the law handles particularly well right now. We've talked about it in virtual legality in the past, but additions to technology, technological frameworks, are not things that the law is usually kind of set up to handle, and deepfakes are no exception. So yes, Keanu Reeves could also cause trouble for this, as well as the rest of the celebrities that appear in the Baby Zone video. But at the end of the day, the main party that's at fault here, and is almost certainly infringing on somebody's material, regardless of whether or not it might otherwise be okay with at least half the parties involved, is undoubtedly IGN, and they are deserving of every bit of criticism that someone would like to put upon them.
This has been Virtual Legality for today. I hope you enjoyed this video. We are talking about business and law through the spectrum of video games, movies, television, and other forms of pop culture all the time. We just did a recent video talking about the fact that speculation on the Dr. Disrespect situation isn't terribly useful. There's a lot of things to take out of that particular video that we did yesterday. Hope you check that out. We also, of course, talked about the Dr. Disrespect situation in general when it first happened and what we think is happening with respect to contract disputes, Twitch, and of course, the fall of Mixer. So please do check those out if you are interested. We also talk about Microsoft potentially buying WB Games, how the latest SCOTUS opinions of the week use pop culture in the form of Veep and Hamilton to actually discuss some important stuff about the Electoral College and the way the United States government actually runs. So if any of that sounds interesting to you, please share this channel around, like, subscribe, ring bells, do all that good stuff. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, Thank you so much for listening, and I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.